Welcome, everyone, to the next episode of the Pioneer Podcast presented by Centura Health. And today we're joined by Stu Halsell, who wears uh, many hats in our division. Uh, Stu has is, is been with us quite a long time, and, and we're grateful for him and all he does for our division. Stu, welcome today. Thank you, Carlton. Glad to be here. And it's a very big day for Stu, everybody. Uh, today is the day after his beloved Liverpool Football Club won the Premier League Championship for the first time in 30 years. Congratulations, Stu. Yeah, it's been a long wait. And uh, yeah, I think I can speak for all Liverpool fans that we are uh, over the moon and excited about today. I'm, I'm sporting my Liverpool top in honor of that, um, uh, but excited that, uh, that that got done. Now, do you remember 30 years ago, the last time they won? Yeah, I, obviously... Um, I, I, I grew up just outside of Liverpool. I was um, 15 minutes outside of Liverpool. Grew up in a small farming town. Uh, actually, my last name, uh, Holsell. Um, so it was where I grew up. And uh, so grew up going watching Liverpool games uh, with my brothers. Um, and so would regularly take the train in, um, head to Anfield and uh, be in the cop for a number of games. So yeah, I, I was fortunate that I... Grew up in an era where Liverpool were dominant, um, came to the U.S. and then Man United were dominant. So uh, we, I've been waiting a while uh, in this country for Liverpool to kind of get back to the top. But, um, you know, obviously fun memories of growing up there and being able to do that. So growing up in, in England, just outside of Liverpool, uh, other than going to the, the, the football games, uh, were sports a part of your life? Did you play sports growing up? Yeah, obviously, um, I grew up in a pretty sports-orientated family. Um, you know, both my mom and dad were successful in sports. Um, and so grew up in a family where we were encouraged to uh, play sport. My my brother was actually a very successful, you know, football, soccer player uh, growing up. Um, and so I wanted to be different. I, I actually went more down a rugby pathway um, when I was growing up, played pretty extensively with rugby. Um, and then kind of, um, you know, American football was developing at that time, um, in Europe and, uh, had an opportunity to, um, get into that development program. Um, you know, one thing led to another, I continued rugby, but was, uh, pursuing kind of the development pathway actually at the time of the NFL. Uh, and, um, really that's what led me ultimately to come into the U S and so, I played a lot of different sports. Um, you know, I, I grew up in an era where um, obviously playing multiple sports was really the way to go. I, I wouldn't say, but probably rugby was my most specialized um, when I was younger. And, and then as a teenager, you come to the United States, you end up in Virginia. Uh, how did you make that decision? How did that come about? So that came about um, through American football. I was. Uh, had the opportunity um, to uh, be presented with an opportunity to come to the U.S. Um, and so I didn't quite know how I was going to do that. Um, and I went home to my parents one day and said, hey, I've been presented this opportunity. What do you think? And I think my mom and dad were glad to see the back of me. So they were like, yeah, let's go. Um, and so basically, I, but to, to do it legitimately, I had to go through an exchange program. Um, didn't know where I was going to end up. Um, and so I had to submit into a formal exchange program. Uh, got selected by a host family in a small town called Alta Vista, just outside of Lynchburg, Virginia. 
Um, and um, the Shree family was gracious enough to want me to be in their home for a year and have the experience in uh, the United States. And so um, I arrived in uh, August um, to 100 degree heat and humidity. And um, I can genuinely say as somebody who grew up in England, I'd never quite experienced weather like that. Um, and so obviously a very different experience coming to high school in the US, uh, but a great experience at the same time. And, and truly thankful to the host family um, with David and Donna. And, um, and then obviously I live, the neighbors on the street were fantastic and welcoming and the whole community was welcoming and, and kind of embraced me when I came and, and kind of that led me really to wanting to kind of stay in the US. Um, I had originally deferred placement back to the to England for university, but um, I, I ultimately uh, ended up staying. And you did your undergraduate work at James Madison University and then some time at University of Indiana. And, and when did you come? When did you end up in Denver? So I was finishing up my uh, Indiana University work. I uh, did my master's degree there and worked um, actually on their master plan uh, project. Um, and so I did a lot of collaboration between uh, the recreational sports division and the athletics uh, department there. Um, and uh, we they were considering building an arena um, at the time with the whole Big, Big Ten hockey consideration and other pieces. And um, I ended up calling um, University of Denver to get some information. And um, through one of those phone calls, I was asked, you know, have you considered coming to Denver to work? And I was kind of like, no. Um, and so one conversation led to another and I was brought out here, saw the, what, uh, DU was doing with the Ritchie center, kind of fell in love with it in all candor when I saw it and just thought blank canvas and how exciting this would be. And, um, I didn't have a job description when I first got hired. I was just really hired to come in and be part of kind of opening the building and, and doing the different things that needed to be done at that time. So, Stu, you're one of the few people in our division that have kind of been here since those first days of the transition to full Division One athletics and opening the Ritchie Center, this fabulous facility we're all so grateful for. Um, what were those early days like? What was it like opening the Ritchie Center, working with Mr. Ritchie personally? What were those days like? What do you remember? I remember, you know, when we were, um, when, when we were first opening, um, I just how wrong everything went, to be quite candid. Uh, I think opening a building of this magnitude, um, we were learning a lot back then. You know, we, it was a pretty brand new team, uh, moving to Division One for the first time. Plus, this, this building is more than just Division One athletics. We were doing concerts. We were um, obviously serving recreational needs, the health and counseling center. Um, it was so much more than just being focused on one thing. It was a constant, they were long days. Um, but, you know, my fondest memories are the teamwork that happened. Um, I think we had a great group of people who really invested time and energy to um, make it successful. Um, we obviously had lots of hiccups along the way, but we, we got through it. I mean, really, it was probably a, a year and a half in total of just opening. We kind of opened venue by venue. Um, and different pieces. And obviously, we don't have all the venues that we have today. I mean, Barton Lacrosse was added, soccer stadiums been added. I mean, we've added over time, but um, it was still a big challenge, uh, but at the same time, a great opportunity. 
Um, I, you know, we were really given the message that this was the front door of the University of Denver, and we needed to be welcoming and service focused and um, and quality driven. And obviously, those things came from uh, Mr. Ritchie, um, and he was very hands on during that process. I mean, um, he had um, probably taken taken a lot of flack at that time for this being a building that was being built, um, but I also he knew that this was a pathway to put the University of Denver on the national map, um, the, the regional map, and then be a hub for our community in Denver. And I think um, I, I think the building has delivered that. And, and so you had that great opportunity to, to work with Mr. Ritchie, Joy Burns, and, and other great supporters of, of Denver Athletics and Recreation during that pivotal time. Uh, what, what are a couple of things you learned from Mr. Ritchie? Um, if you don't know, say you don't know. Uh, never make anything up. Uh, you know, um, I learned just to say I don't know. Go do the research and follow back up with him uh, immediately to to do that. His level of detail was incredible. Um, I really learned that, you know, when you think about quality and service, you can always be better. Um, you know. I use a simple example of the fitness center. We thought we had nailed the quality of the fitness center. We used to do a monthly walkthrough with him and um, thought I had it nailed. And he just turned and asked me, you know, did I think five minutes were important? And I was like, yeah, I think five minutes are important. And he just said, well, why is the clock in the weight room different than the one in the cardio area? And and I, at the time, our staff was a little depressed about, you know, kind of down about that. but. But his point was, you can, you can always be better. Um, and how do you strive to be better? And what do you do to be better? Um, and how do you find new and innovative ways to do that? And so certainly took that away from him. And then the other one I'd share is just over communication. Um, I think, you know, we underestimate how often you have to communicate and how frequently you have to communicate to get the message uh, kind of through. Um, and so over communication was critical. Um, and and Dan was awesome, um, still awesome to this day. He's obviously served as a mentor for me and somebody who I truly respect and um, and part of why I've invested so much time and effort into what we do here. Speaking of continuous improvement, always getting better. You, you've been involved in lots of projects over the years here at the University of Denver, uh, the golf club down in Islands Ranch, Denver Tennis Park. Um, what have you enjoyed most about being involved in those new kind of entrepreneurial uh, programs? Yeah, I think, um, number one, I think um, it's one of the most exciting things that I've really had the opportunity to work on in being here. Each one's been a little bit different um, as we've gone through projects, but I've appreciated that we've wanted to strive forward in expanding facilities and opportunities um, at the University of Denver. I think it is that entrepreneurial nature that is really behind that. Um, obviously, the golf club, um, with the generosity of the Moore family and Bill and Sandy specifically, and all of the guidance and information that they shared as we made that transition has been a fantastic addition, in my opinion, uh, for the University of Denver. Uh, gives us a presence in the South Corridor, uh, gives us a way to engage with a whole entire community. Um, and build on those pieces and at the same time benefit our golf programs um, with the support um, and kindness and generosity of those donors. And so 
Um, that's been a fantastic addition. I think, you know, we, we've tried to, um, make it the University of Denver's home, uh, in that time. And, and that's been exciting to do. And I think, you know, there's still a lot of great opportunities out there to expand that and build upon that. But I think we've made great progress since 2012 of doing that. The Denver Tennis Park was unique in the sense of it was a private public partnership with Denver Public Schools, um, the Walton Family Foundation and ourselves. And so that's probably the trickiest, um, project I've, to be candid, I've ever worked on, uh, from, you know, normally it's just you with a project as an entity, uh, but with, um, three partners, um, ourselves and, and included in that, it was really tricky. Um, and I, and I, I think if, if, uh, if the vision of that project and the outcome of that project wasn't as strong, it could have fallen apart. But I think those three partners really had a, um, a vision for what that facility could be and kind of met that throughout. Um, and it was fantastic to bring to fruition. And again, through generosity of donors, um, I'm always amazed as somebody from another country, um, how amazing that support is in this country. And, um, I, I certainly don't take that for granted. Stu, in our division, you wear many different hats. You probably have the largest portfolio of, of work in our division. Um, you know, you oversee all recreation, uh, club sports, intramurals, all those things are under your portfolio. All of our events uh, in all of our, not just our athletic facilities, but all outside events in the Ritchie Center. You're also deputy athletic director. You're a primary sports supervisor for several of our Division One programs. Uh how do you balance all that? <laughs> How do you make it work? I think first and foremost, um, we have great people in our division. Um, you know, I think my, I view my role as as um, serving people in in quite candor. Um, you know, and so it starts with having great people, um, and then you know, providing the service and support that they need. Um, obviously I, I, I can't be everywhere, uh, based on that portfolio, but, um, I'm also accessible. And I think I, I go back to what I learned from Mr. Ritchie. It's a lot of over communication with folks and, and balancing those and, and then giving them the freedom to thrive. What I appreciated coming to DU 21 years ago was I was kind of given a framework of a boundary and able to build within that. And, and I believe in that same philosophy with the people that we have and, and let them kind of fill in that. And then where help is needed, um, I, I help out and, and obviously support those folks to be as successful as they can. But I think first and foremost, it starts with great people, um, without a doubt. We're, you're right, Sue. We're so lucky to have so many great people in our division and outside of our division that are, that are supporting us. Uh, one of your most critical roles recently has been uh, running point on how we navigate through the COVID-19 uh, crisis, how we start to reemerge as a division, how we start to reengage with the community, how we start to introduce activity. But in doing all that, to make sure we're, we're doing it safely, to make sure we're working with multiple entities across campus, uh, to get alignment and agreement on what we're going to do next and what pilot program we're going to try. Uh, can you talk a, a little bit about a couple of the things we've done recently with some pilot programs to reintroduce activity to campus? Yeah, I think we're, we're excited that over these last couple of weeks, we've launched um, 
the reopening of the Alpamon Auditorium. Um, and we've got our um, Hilltoppers group, and we're going to be putting our Boston student athletes into that mix um, to get them back swimming and training, which um, our pilot of that has been going really well right now. Um, we also opened the Joy Burns Arena from the uh, ice side with coach practices um, and have got that going. And then we've uh, worked with our outstanding pioneer health and performance team on kind of a student athlete preparation pilot. So all of those three are up and running. Um, you know, we've uh, been monitoring them closely, um, working with the university on all of the protocols and processes and procedures. And so they are all up and running and going well. And, and, and that gives us hope that we continue to roll out other programs kind of behind that and expand our offerings here. I think a, a key piece is we've certainly been cautious as a university. Um, I think there are certainly entities that are ahead of us, but uh, I think actually a cautious approach is prudent at this time. Um, I think, you know, we've got a lot of responsibility of a lot of different user groups. Um, and, and I'd be remiss also that our health and counseling center is operational in the Ritchie Center um, and, and seeing and supporting students and, and other pieces during that. So, you know, we, we've got a bigger picture to be mindful of, but I'm, I'm, I'm excited that we're making progress. Um, you know, we, we hope that we continue to do that and expand to that as we move towards the fall. Stu, one of your roles over the years, which you've really grown into, is you are one of the lead people really from the university as far as community engagement, uh, whether it's our youth programming, uh, you know, community projects like the Denver Tennis Park or, you know, our, our golf club, uh, University of Denver Golf Club down at Highlands Ranch that we talked about. You've also been very involved with the Denver Sports Commission um, when we have premier uh, teams come into town that need practice space, you know, you're working with those teams and the city of Denver to accommodate requests. What have you found about the city of Denver that, that makes it a special place and especially a special place to work in sports? First, uh, I, I think from the sports side, it's actually a relatively small community in the, in the sports side. Um, you know, and, and it's got, again, it's got fantastic people who are willing to be collaborative and, and work together. Um, as you mentioned, we've worked across a lot of great partnerships. You know, we've hosted events at Coors Field. We've hosted events at the Pepsi Center. Um, we, we've done lots of different things that without the support of Denver as a whole, uh, we would never have been able to do that. And I think Denver as a whole wants success in sports. Um, there's a great foundation. Um, and again, I think it's people's willingness to collaborate and work together and do that has really made a huge difference. So I've been fortunate to have had the time. A lot of um, some of those connections have changed over time, but uh, the entities remain committed and supportive. Um, you know, we used to have Pat Boland, where the Pat Boland Training Center is named after down below. Obviously, the Owner of the Broncos was hugely supportive, was a trustee of the University of Denver. Um, and so DU's had great partnerships in that realm um, that have allowed us to engage and be successful with that and connect the dots in the uh, community. I think also being kind of the front door for the university, it's allowed us to a lot engage with a lot of folks we wouldn't necessarily have engaged with. And so I think about the people I meet at our hockey games or the people I meet in our course fitness center that if we didn't do this, we would not create those partnerships and engagement. And 
Um, and it's, it's been a fantastic uh, opportunity to be able to do that. Let's talk about the, the future uh, now. So in the last year, you and I have, have it's been my pleasure to work with you on the first stages of a, a master planning uh, document that we're, we're working on with the university to think about the first, you know, 20 some years of Division I athletics in the Ritchie Center have been a tremendous success. Uh, how do we continue that and grow it in the next 20 years? We've started that work uh, with some preliminary planning. What excites you about the future? What keeps you motivated here at University of Denver? I would start with um, I, my opinion. We we want to be the best. I, I I think you know that that's a that's important. I think um, the mix of sports that we have from Division One, the facilities that we have, have always been driven by wanting to be the best. And and I think there's a lot of opportunity. Um, to do that. And so number one, that that's the first motivation is how do we be the best? The, the second is we probably have to do it in a little different way than most. We've got to be creative. We've got to be entrepreneurial. Some of the projects we talked about, it's not just, you know, we can do it um, like maybe some other institutions can. I think we've really got to be creative and entrepreneurial. And I really enjoy that. I think um, that that kind of appeals to me and how we do that. And and how we can be successful with that. I, I also think our location is special. Um, you know, as we embrace um, looking at the future, um, we are in a fantastic location in the United States um, that I believe will uh, recruit and retain both student athletes, staff, um, engagement with our supporters and donors and different pieces. I, I just think um, there's tremendous growth in in this location and where we are. And I think that will continue. So, so I think we've got a lot of things that just are, are exciting and, and that motivate me to do that. Um, I, I'm sure we'll come up with something that we've not thought of. I, you know, I never thought we'd do a private public partnership, but we did. Um, you know, I, I, I think there, there are new things on the horizon when we get there and when the timing's right, that will uh, continue to move the University of Denver um, forward in um, both its kind of rankings and also its prestige around the country. Thanks. Great. We're, we're really all really excited about the future and that planning, and you're right. We, there are a lot of great things on the horizon here at the University of Denver. So before we wrap up, let's talk about rugby. You're still involved, right? You're still – can you still play, Stu? Can you still get out there and mix it up? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, 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 I've seen you I, coaching. <laughs> I played uh, I played a game of rugby. Uh, my first game of rugby was probably when I was six years old, and I played until I was forty six. So I played at least in one game for forty years. And um, once I hit that point, um, eighteen to twenty two year olds um, hit way too hard for a forty six year old. So uh, I recognized it was time to step away from that. Um, I was obviously involved for a long time in, in, in building the rugby program at the University of Denver. In 1999, I had uh, five students walk into my office and, and ask, would I help them? Um, and, and again, I, I, you know, it was something I had passion for, so I helped them. Um, we helped build that program um, over 20 years, um, which, you know, we've done a lot of great things. Diane Wentz Sports Fields, which is a collaborative effort, but is the home of rugby. 
We've started a rugby endowment with the generosity of our alumni and, and supporters, and that's been fantastic. Um, and so now I help more in a, an administrative side, but um, yeah, obviously rugby still has a special place and um, want to support the club as much as I can. And I'm appreciative that our division has been willing to do that too. I mean, we have a fantastic uh, club sports program that services over 30 clubs for our students at the University of Denver and just privilege that rugby is part of that. Well, Stu, thank you so much for taking time to join us today. I know all of our supporters who are watching have had a great, lot of fun learning more about you and, and the really critical role you play in our division. Personally, for me, thank you for all you do, all you've done, all you continue to do. Uh, we, couldn't, we couldn't go on without you, and, and we're all so grateful that you're a member of our team. Thank you, Stu. Yeah, thanks, Carlton. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here, so thank you.